I don't know if you caught last week's episode, but in that episode, we broke down how to create an about page on your website that people actually want to read. And this week, I've got my good friend Annie Ruggles back with us for a bonus episode on how to craft a sales page that appeals to the four different types of buyers and their psychology so that you can start closing more clients and stop losing leads. I have a feeling you're going to want to grab a pin for this one. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for helping overworked online business owners navigate the ups and downs on the way to seven figures. Each week, you're going to learn how to get the right systems, structure, and support in place so you can build a self-sustaining business that thrives in a rapidly changing digital environment and grow through what you go through to create the greater income, influence, and impact you deserve. This is Anti-Fragile Entrepreneurship. Annie. I am so excited now to dive in with you on sales pages. You know, you gave so much value on the podcast episode this past week about how much should we share on our about pages. And this expands to all of our marketing too. How much of our personal story should we get into? What's required to create the connection that needs to be created so that we can make the sale? Because at the end of the day, we're not here to just spill our guts and tell every little detail of our personal histories. At the end of the day, we're here to help people. And to do that, we need them to enroll in our stuff and get on our email list and enroll in our programs. And everything that you just shared in that episode, which by the way, if you have not caught that yet, make sure you listen to because Annie just dropped so many valuable nuggets there about what we should be sharing and what we should not be sharing and how to actually achieve the goal of creating that connection. And this conversation is going to be about now what do we do with that connection? Because now that the person's resonating with us, They've connected to us, not in a weird way, not in a like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you went through all this trauma way, right? But in a way where they're like, okay, I get you, you get me. Now let's have the conversation that we really want to have, which is, can you help me? So Annie, tell us, how does all of what you shared in that episode translate now into sales pages? Because at the end of the day, we all want to increase our conversions on all of our pages, but sales pages most especially. Write your sales page as a human being, please. I know that we are all thriving and surviving in the world of AI. And I'm not against AI. I think AI is a great brainstorming tool. But if I have AI write me a sales page, it is going to decide in the most literal way possible what it thinks it needs to do to small m manipulate me into making a decision. And that's fine. It's going to base it on base basic psychology and buyer psychology and what else is out there and all the other things. However, if you understand that a sales page has got to not only promise, but demonstrate transformation, one of the things it has to do, the person at the beginning of the page and the person at the end of the page must be a different person person. And what I mean by that is we have gotten them over the fence. We have gotten them out of stagnation. And we've done that by changing their mind about what's possible, right? Which is why if your sales page is only talking about pleasure points or benefits or features, then that is basically selling me a plot in Nirvana that I can have someday. 
That's that seems too far off. It feels too distant, too airy fairy, right? But on the flip side of that, if you come and it's all just fear mongering, then I'm going to go back to bed before I even start because I was already in a period of pain or I wouldn't be taking the time to read your dang sales page, right? So this feeling of what we have to shift is meeting people where they are with the hopes and desires and solutions they have on their sleeves that they're hungry for and the pains they're currently experiencing and those rear view mirror pains at the forefront. But it's not just enough to talk about it. We have to show it. We have to show that differentiation, right? So is all of that making sense so far? It makes sense. Can I ask you a question here though? Oh, hell yeah. I hear this all the time, Annie. People are like, okay, problems. I know I need to focus on the problems. And look, we teach podcasting. We help people succeed with their podcast. You know, we're helping unheard experts become in-demand thought leaders with their top ranked podcasts. Like we are helping them in this way. And we tell them in order for your listener to listen to your podcast, they, you have to be so clear on what the problems they're experiencing. So teach them how to do this. We teach them the psychology. And usually the first draft of, you know, a show intro or episode titles or something will come back like, do you feel overwhelmed? Or do you feel frustrated? And I'm like, I am all for how you feel. But guess what? The feeling's not the problem. So how can we get underneath that to actually identify the very real problems that people are experiencing? Because if we don't do that, guess what? You over here in the health coaching space are saying, do you feel overwhelmed? And then this person over here in the business coaching space is saying, do you feel overwhelmed? And this person over here in the parenting coach space is saying, do you feel overwhelmed? And now we all sound alike. And it's like, who, what, who, what are you teaching? Right. Right. And there's no, there's not specific detail, right? So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about dialogue and detail and how in your story, you can use internal dialogue to get away from detail of having to share really painful things by showing, this is what I was thinking. This is what I was feeling, right? All these different things. But in this aspect, you can still use dialogue to get away with this, but you can also use detail because number one, Who on the planet Earth is not overwhelmed right now? Who over the age of 12 on this planet is not overwhelmed right now? There are tiny children monks in Tibet who are overwhelmed right now. And their job is to be removed from society and they're overwhelmed. And they're 12, okay? Like everybody's overwhelmed. But in your example where we're talking about the parenting or the podcasting or the thought leadership, are you overwhelmed with what? With what? Are you overwhelmed by the sheer amount of laundry that you have to do on any given day, let alone week? Because why are children so snotty is very different than, are you an overwhelmed parent? I think all parents are probably overwhelmed. I'm not even a parent and I'm overwhelmed for my friends who are, right? On the business part, are you overwhelmed? Are you overwhelmed by the 9,000 moving parts just to keep an Instagram account running and tired of always second guessing how overwhelming it is just to do something like Instagram? Right? If it's podcasting, are you overwhelmed by how many podcasts are already out there and stuck wondering how you could ever possibly navigate that landscape? What's a thought leader to do? That's how we differentiate. In each of those, I'm bringing the detail, 
right? So I want you to go beyond emotion into specificity, but just like with the about page conversations, boundaries also matter. So sometimes what I like to do, because they're in the pain already, is if I can find a way to lovingly laugh with, not laugh at, I can use my own story to bring in vulnerability of the pain point by exaggerating things, right? And so I could talk about a lot of businesses come to me when they're struggling and my business has struggled so many times. And I could be like, once upon a time when I very much thought that I wouldn't even be able to afford the cardboard box I had decided to move into and I owed so much money they knew me at the checks place place and knew not to let me in. And every day I thought, oh, and I get to show up and be an expert today. Oh, goody. That somebody will come to that sales page and go, oh, my God, that's me. If I go to Coinstar one more time, like they're just going to know that I'm going through the couches. This is getting embarrassing. And my kids are telling their friends at school that mommy sits at home and eats chips for a living. Like, OK, that's resonant. Right. But now you got to get me out of there. Now you got to show me what's possible. And so that's got to show me where I, as purchaser, as person you are purchasing, sorry, as the thing you are buying, how I'm different from all the other stuff you bought. And that is often through the change in perception. I don't teach sales like everybody else because I couldn't learn sales like everybody else. That's a point of resonance that shows differentiation. Right. So the first thing is, where are the pains? Where are the pleasures? And what were the aha moments along the way? Those aha moments, they, the reader, have either just had or is on the tip of their tongue and they haven't had it yet. And the best thing you can do is get them to throw their hands down and go, that, oh, that, of course, that. Or if it doesn't blow their mind, go, at least she's saying the quiet parts out loud. Come on now right? That is already showing them that something other than their current pain is possible to them, right? So that's why we got to show the transformation. That's why we do tell a little bit of our own story there because we're showing this runway exists. It may be the road less traveled, but it's not completely a wasteland of weeds. You can walk it. You're just one of the special few, right? Yes. Yeah. And I'm as you're sharing all of this, my mind is thinking like, okay, because we've been told we've got to share testimonials. We've got to put our client case mm-hmm. studies on the sales page. We got to make sure we have all of our modules there and outlined and what's included in the price and all the features and all the benefits, right? And all of these things. And yeah. we also have to address the problems and we also have to show the transformation. How long does this sales page need to be? And also is there, and can you give us a high level look at, you know, if I were to design the sales page tomorrow, what would the sections be on a very high level, right? We want to grab Mm -hmm. them when they first land on the page. We want to bring them into our story. We want to show them what's possible. And then we also need to make an offer at some point. So what does that actually look like in practical application of a sales page? Things I mandate completely. If If you bring your sales page anywhere within 70 miles of me, you will leave with two important things. Number one, you must, must, I don't care what you're selling, I don't care. You must, must have an FAQ on your sales page because that is the best way you are going to handle objections up front. 
your sales page will need to be longer if you're not running sales calls. Sales calls can do some of that lifting for you, but especially if you're selling something like a DIY program or a self-paced course or something like that, and you don't wanna have to do sales calls, that FAQ is gonna save your butt because you can answer emotional and practical questions. On the program side, on the programmatic and practical side, okay, well, I can't come Tuesday at five. Will there be a replay? Not having a replay may be the reason I don't buy. So spell that out. If I can't come to class live, okay. But also on the flip side, you know, I just worked with this really amazing project with adult entertainers. And so their work is very, very sexual, literally very sexual right? And so it's a program meant to be purchased for couples. But one of the main objections we got was like, my partner's not really into this. Is it okay if I take it on my own? Will I still get the benefit? That's important, right? Like we don't advise lying to your family, but also what you take is your business and there's stuff for both of you. But if you want to take your half, we think you'll still get way more than $279 worth of value in the following ways. Handle that objection up front. If we have to have them wander on their own, they wander on their own, okay? Wander on their own equals wander on their own. So that FAQ is there to handle objections about emotions, and processes alike. The other thing you already mentioned is your social proof and your testimonials. Now, whether it's testimonials or whether it's case studies, that's going to depend a little bit based on the business. However, however, with apologies to anybody out there with nut allergies, the most important ingredient of your sales page is the peanut butter and the jelly. And what I mean by that is the buy buttons and the testimonials. Wherever you have a buy button, you need to have a testimonial. Because at the point, just to keep ourselves safe, and maybe it's rejection avoidance or, you know, that that thing that kids have where it's like, if you tell them that the sky is blue, they're going to scream at you that it's pink just because, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. There's a million things in the brain that when we go to click a button, something in the back of our mind goes, don't click that. The last course you bought didn't do anything. The last coach you hired was terrible. You tried to start a podcast three years ago and it was a disaster. There's something in us that goes, no, 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 no. And so our eyes go, they flit away from the button. They either flit up or they flit down. So what do I do? I sandwich all my buy buttons with testimonials about people saying, I'm so glad I clicked that button, y'all. And if they're handling the objection of, I didn't know, I wasn't going to sign up, the last thing that I bought was total crap, oh no, what am I going to do, am I going to spend all this money again, and then I found Annie, and then I clicked the button, and now clicking that button changed my life, you better believe, right above that button, it says, I'm so glad I changed the, clicked the button, working with Annie changed my life, and right underneath the button, it says, I kicked it around, I didn't hire Annie for months, and now... I look back on that time as just total wasted time. Y'all, if there's an objection built into them clicking the button, put social proof of somebody else clicking the button, okay? Those are the two required things. Those have to be there. Do not show me a sales page without testimonials next to buy buttons and without an FAQ handling your objections. Don't do it. But beyond that, what I try to advise people to do 
is to look at it in terms of it's long enough to be balanced to reveal four things. There are four types of buyers and we don't have time to get all into all of it today. However, there are some people that are motivated by story. and We've already talked about how to please them, where you are, where you've been, emotional resonance, using that detail, use that emotional chatter, use exact language, use client language that's resonant. If they say that they're exhausted beyond belief, don't call them tired, right? That kind of stuff we've already talked about. But I see a lot of sales pages get stuck in story when story is only a way to motivate one buying type, right? We also, regardless of what you're selling, are going to have people who want to read the nutritional label. They want to know what they're buying. They want to know what's included. So if they're buying a program, they're going to want to know your product tour, your modules, what problems they solve, how it's delivered, right? They want to know those mechanics. So is there a place where you have a list that just outlines all the stuff you're giving them? Tangible, the tangible stuff you're giving them, right? So on my sales page right next to my great grandpa or my grandpa, the used car salesman taught me all of these wonderful things. And also you get four worksheets and four and a half hours of video, like both are necessary, okay? The other one is you need to remember that money is not the only thing you're asking them for. You're asking them for energy. You're asking them for time, right? And so in order to do that, you got to show me what's required of me for investments beyond money. For some people, that's showing the process. For a program that's saying we meet every Tuesday, you'll get homework before that'll take you about an hour. And then the call itself is 90 minutes. If you can't join us live, there's a replay. We need a little bit of the process. Even if you're selling a tattoo or a restaurant reservation, please arrive five minutes early. You have 20 minutes to get there before we give up your table. Give me a little bit of process so I know what's expected of me because otherwise my brain, that self-protective part will say, you are not ready for this. You have not risen to the occasion of this. They are asking too much of you, right? So balance out the detail, the process, the story, and the impact. Because a lot of the time we're selling to one buyer instead of selling to a member of a unit or a member of a family. So if they have other deciders, I want to see how those other deciders are being considered in the sales page. If you're targeting moms, how do I talk about this with my kids? If you're targeting married people, how do I bring my partner into this conversation? If you're dealing with business teams, I am the founder, but I'm giving this to my you know, right hand. What does that look like? How is that turnover there? How am I going to make this a win for both of you? If I'm not seeing those things, if I'm not seeing the ripple effect, the process, the detail, and the story, I don't have a complete sales page. But literally, you could just give me one section of each of those things with some storytelling at the top and some objection handling FAQ at the bottom with some compelling buttons throughout that inspire them to action. I love when buttons say the word yes, because that's what we want them thinking when they're clicking it. Yes, Courtney, I want this. Yes, I will be on your show. Yes, I need this resource. Give me the worksheet already, Annie. Yes, yes, yes. Right? I love it when they say yes. But even if you just do that, one section of story, one section of product detail, one section of process to show currencies other than money, investments other than money, and one thing to show ripple effect so people understand the lasting legacy of your work, whether it's a dinner, a tattoo, or a life-changing program. It all matters. Put some testimonials throughout to get people to click those buttons. 
put those FAQs to handle those objections. Get out of there. Bottom of the page, though, that's where your best testimonial goes. Because if nothing else, the last thing they're going to see before they ditch is normally the bottom of the page. So that's where you bring your big gun saying, why are you clicking away from this page right now? Don't you dare. But you don't say that. The testimonial does. So that's that overview. That's fascinating. I would have never thought to put the best one at the end and not the beginning. Okay. So this gives me another question to my mind, which is what other mistakes are people making aside from leaning too far into story or omitting testimonials or omitting FAQ, but what other little nuances like that? Like, cause to me, I'm like, okay, you know, we help someone rank ahead of Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher. That's going at the top, but you're saying, no, 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 that needs to go at the bottom. And that makes a lot of sense psychologically. And I can see why that's the case. So what other little mistakes like that should we be aware of? Know that especially if you're writing a long-form sales page, folks are not going to sit and read the whole damn thing. So what we've seen when we do heat map testing or we actually watch people go through sales pages is they'll read the first couple lines at the top, maybe they'll read the whole first section, and then almost automatically the next thing they do they don't go to the next section right away unless they're really in what most people do is they scroll down to see the coming attractions they scroll down so they could see okay let me get the lay of the land here okay looks like we got a product tour here okay we got some testimonials down there oh look we got an faq oh there's a cute dog okay cool we want to get the lay of the land right so what's important is on the design, it doesn't have to be bells and whistles, but do not bury the lead in your sections. We are taught to write in this very term paper way that's like, ask an interesting question, kind of fart around to get to it, and then maybe about two paragraphs in, really declare what you're talking about. We don't have that time. So flip your paragraphs upside down. Start with the biggies and then defend with evidence. Make your big, bold claims, put them in big, bold font, and then then let the rest of it fill in those gaps. Because what we have to do is treat it like people are scrolling and possibly scrolling and skimming out of order, which quite often they are, which is why I say put that really awesome testimonial on the bottom. Because what we do is we read the top, we scrim the rest, we stop on the bottom, unless it's a footer. I mean, there's going to be a footer. We don't really count that, right? But like, we stop on the bottom to be like, well, I guess they saved the best for last. Yes, exactly. We saved the best for last. Then what do we do? We scroll back up to the top and we read the things that visually please us or we think answer the questions that we have, right? So think of it as tops and bottoms with some supporting tissue in between. But do not sit it down to be read as a narrative because nobody is really reading it word for word, at least not on the first path, pass through. So visually, spatially, and in terms of your copywriting, if you're making a big point, make it big, make it bold, don't adorn it, put it on its own line, and then move on to your next point. But too often I just see people burying the lead or burying what they're trying to say in fancy design. This is amazing, Annie. I'm like, um, can you take a look at our sales pages? You know, because it's like all of these things you don't think about. And so many of us as entrepreneurs, we get into this world. We get into it to help people. We want to make an impact. And we didn't realize we needed to become marketers and salespeople and copywriters and all of these other things along the way. And no, why learning. would we? We just want to help Why would we? We would never do what we do had we known all that was attached to it, right? No. But 
these are the things we've got to learn. You've got to master. You can't expect to master it overnight, but you can take what Annie's sharing with you here today and go apply one thing. Go apply two yes. things. Move your best testimonial to the bottom of the page. Yes. And that's all it takes, little tweaks. So I don't want you to walk away from this feeling like, oh my gosh, now I have to walk, go overhaul my whole sales page. And maybe you do, no. and maybe that can happen, and that's fine. But it's the little tweaks. And I think we often forget that because we we look for these big hit, big impact, big result results. And it's really just the little dials that we need to tweak. And this is what I love about you, Annie, and what I love about what you teach, because you teach sales, you teach it inside and out, top to bottom. You help people improve their conversions, both on their sales pages and their discovery calls, all the ways. But what drives you is this desire to help people do that and increase their sales while making deeper connections, yeah. while being remembered, while being friendly, while being a human. And for those that are just resonating so much with what you're sharing here today and who would love to follow you to continue learning more about this with you, not just sales pages, but in all aspects of the sales processes within their business, where should they go to connect with you? Oh, y'all, I'm going to make the same offer, but with your sales page that I made in the first episode, which is if you want me to, like what you just said, Courtney, if you want me to take a look at your sales page, I I'm glad to do it. I will audit it for you, no problem. I have all kinds of free workshops and trainings available all over my website and social, but listen, today we're talking about your sales page. So if you have something that isn't converting, send it to me. I'm not gonna use it in marketing. I'm not gonna blast you all over the internet. Send it to me either, uh, send me the link as a DM on Instagram, I'm at Anniepreneur, or as a DM on LinkedIn under my name. Tell me, hey, I heard you on the show. And I was wondering if you'd look at this page for me, I'd be glad to do it because then we get you out of overthinking into action and back into service, which is where my people want to be. So if you yeah. want to do less time writing and more time serving your page, like you said, the point you made so beautifully, it's just small tweaks. You're probably right there. So don't delay on reaching out to me until you think you have something perfectly formed. Bring me your mess. I got you. And that way we can spruce it up put you back out into the world, get you feeling good about how you're taking up space on the internet. And we'll see how things change and can adjust from there. I love that. Annie, thank you for that. And for that, such a generous offer. And I mean, I just see your heart coming through in that. Like literally, I will look over your sales page and I will help you. Like people, how many, how many people offer to do that, right? It's always buy my book or read this or go listen to my podcast or go do this other thing. And it's like, here, Annie's By offering means you can do you. that. You want to read my book? Go ahead. You want to listen to my right. podcast? Go ahead. I put them out there for you. Yes. We want you to do all those things too. But at the end of the day, just let Annie put her eyes on your sales page. I mean, how could you say no to that? Because often we overthink. We're too close to it. So to have that objective take can be so valuable. So thank you for sharing that, Annie, and for all that you shared here today. I am grateful for you. I am so grateful for you and so delighted that we finally got to sit down together and have these talks. Yes, me too. If you want to connect with Annie and take her up on her offer for a free sales page audit, then head to the show notes right now. And while you're there, if what you heard today was helpful for you, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star review and let me know. Now, next week on the show is a huge milestone for us. It's episode 200, which 
gosh, it blows my mind. I cannot believe that I have been hosting this podcast now for almost four years. So I've got something really special for you planned next week, and I don't want to give too much away, but I hope you'll join me right back here to see what it is. All right, my friend, until next time, let's go out and grow through what we go through together. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. <laughs>